0: All right, well, good morning, everybody. Uh, I'm not in a hurry to get started this morning because is on her way and she's, she'll be here any minute. But uh, she, just she just pulled in, all right. Okay, well, thank you all for coming this morning. And uh, I don't know about you, but I was looking forward to worshiping the Lord this morning. On the way here, <laughs> I was just meditating, and um, I'd like to open up with Psalm 24. It says, The earth is the Lord's and all it contains, the world and those who dwell in it. For he has founded it upon the seas and established it upon the rivers. Who may ascend into the hill of the Lord, and who may stand in his holy place? He who has clean hands and a pure heart, who has not lifted up his soul to falsehood, and has not sworn deceitfully, he shall receive a blessing from the Lord, and righteousness from the God of his salvation. This is the generation of those who seek him, who seek your face, even Jacob. I love that. This is the generation of those who seek him. Are you seeking him this morning? Um, seeking him, and it says that who may stand in this holy place? He who has clean hands and a pure heart. And um, we can only attain that clean, those clean hands and that pure heart through the blood of Jesus and what he's done, because of ourselves, we sure are not very clean. Amen. Um, so I know every single one of us is fallen from grace apart from God. So uh, let's stand up and we'll have an opening prayer. And uh, I'm going to ask Brother John Ash, would you lead us in an opening prayer this morning? Let's remain standing and sing, Here I Am to Worship. So true, we could never attain um, that standard of righteousness, but Lord, you came and you made a way for us to be uh, with you, and Lord, to come mm-hmm. into your presence and worship you, God. And Lord, thank you for that kindness and the love that you have shown. Mm-hmm. In Jesus' name. Mm-hmm.
1: King of my heart.
0: Man, you can be seated. If anyone else has a testimony or something to share or something we can pray for? Feel free to speak up. sing Power in the Blood.
2: Trying to find a verse real quick. Um, here we go. I was thinking a lot this week about the faithfulness of God, and just thinking about different things that I've started in my life that I haven't completed, whether that was just because I gave up or something happened. But um, we were talking about it, me and Jay, this week about just the faithfulness of God and how He promised to um, finish the work that He started in us, and the verse in Philippians. One, it says, being confident of this, that he who began a good work in you will carry it on to completion until the day of Christ Jesus. And I was at a, like a 24-hour um, visit this morning with a mom and a new baby, and which is why I was late. But um, And just seeing, she was, she had been toiling all night, you know, taking care of her baby and was really tired. And but just seeing even the, the joy that she still had in caring for her little one and, like, thinking about how God is that way for us. And he doesn't rest. He doesn't sleep. He doesn't give up or stop or, um, you know, it doesn't, it's not too overwhelming for him. Um, and he will. He'll finish it. He's going to see it through. Um, it was just really reassuring to me this week.
3: I was just thinking as we were singing that last song, there is power, there is power, there is wonder-working power. Do we actually believe that? When we pray in the name of Jesus Christ, in the blood of Jesus Christ, do we believe that power that we have through that? Um, The devil can only dream of having that kind of power. He does not have it. But Jesus Christ does. He is very limited in the power he has. Christ is unlimited through the power of that he has been given through the Father, it is, we have all that power right at our fingertips if we're just willing to ask. And I want to have more of that heart within me to know that if I ask in faith, the prayer of a righteous man availeth much. I am willing to ask in faith, not amiss, but that to which is the will of God, it's answered. I can pray with assurance in that. Um, Preston just heard this morning, I think just this morning anyway, but Trith's dad has not been doing well. And I guess this morning he went into the hospital for I don't know, for how long do you know? Four to five days, but he's got an infection in his lungs. Uh, COVID, is, COVID is running rampant through India right now. And, and her mom is not feeling good either right now. And I just let's just take a moment and lift them up in prayer. That's what I was thinking. It's just the power that we know that God has. Um, even in India, God can bring about salvation. And I know that it is His desire that not one should perish, but all should come to know Him. And looking at it in that, let's. I just want to pray that they have time or that this is the time. We don't know, but that God will show himself faithful. Heavenly Father, I just lift up to you uh, Shritha's mom and dad, especially her dad, Lord, as he is in the hospital, and Lord, I just pray for healing. It's not against your will, Lord, but that you would heal his body and that he would be okay. But Lord, even in this time, Lord, I just pray that he would search his heart and he would find you. Lord, The religions of this world cannot save, but Lord, you can. And Lord, I pray that that would become a reality for him. And Lord, also for her mom. And Lord, I just pray that they would be comforted even in this time and give Shritha also comfort. She can't be there. And Lord, I just pray that you would continue to work in her heart and in her life. Help us to continue to be a witness and a testimony in all that we can be. And Lord, that you would bring about salvation. Lord, it is you that can do it and the power that you have. And Lord, we just ask in Jesus' name that it would be so. We pray this in your name. Amen. Amen.
1: Sit fast, love.
0: Psalms 30, 1 through 5. I will extol thee, O Lord, for thou hast lifted me up, and hast not made my foes to rejoice over me. O Lord, my God, I cried unto thee, and thou hast healed me. O Lord, you have brought up my soul from the grave. You have kept me alive, that I should not go down to the pit. Sing unto the Lord, O ye saints of his, and give thanks at the remembrance of his holiness. For his anger endures but a moment, in his favor is life, Weeping may endure for a night, but joy comes in the morning. Mm-hmm. Amen. Thank you, Ty. And Katie, you had a prayer request? Yeah. Absolutely. Absolutely. amen thank you Katie All right. well if um, y'all can stand please stand if you're able to let's sing we believe in one true God Father Spirit Son one church one faith one Lord of all his kingdom come you know there's many different denominations in this world but we're all part of the same church if you believe in Jesus as Lord and you believe in him um, that makes us all one sing together we
1: believe in
0: one true God,
1: Father, Spirit, Son, one church, one faith, one Lord of all is king. One church empowered by him, the communion of God's people, forgiveness of our sins.
0: seated And Steve, you want to sing a special? He's going to come up and um, bring up your friends with you, and we're uh, going to sing together. Need a mic? You don't need two more? Two more mics? They can
4: maybe share. How's that? Well, we're talking about sacrifices. Can we sacrifice today? Well, it tells us we can. In John, First John, it tells us that Christ laid his down down his life for us. We ought to lay down our lives for others. But there's other kind of sacrifices too. And Brother Phil's going to come up and read one of them. Brother Phil. Jeremiah 17, verse
5: 26. They will come in from the cities of Judah and from the environs of Jerusalem, from the land of Benjamin, from the lowland, and from the hill country, and from the Negev, bringing burnt offerings, sacrifices, grain offerings, and incense, and bringing sacrifices of thanksgiving to the house of the Lord.
4: There's another. uh, Brother Phil, you can stay standing here. There's another kind of sacrifice. Sister Katie, would you like to tell us
2: Leviticus 22:29 uh, When you sacrifice a sacrifice of thanksgiving to the Lord, you shall sacrifice it so that you may be accepted,
6: accepted.
4: And there's another kind of sacrifice. It's from Psalms 27, verse 6. It says, Now shall my head be lifted up above my enemies round about me. Therefore will I offer in this tabernacle sacrifices of joy. I will sing, yea, I will sing praises unto the Lord. We're going to be singing a song about this. Ready? Ready? We bring sacrifice of praise into the house of the Lord. We bring sacrifice of praise into the house of the Lord. And we offer up to you the sacrifices of thanksgiving And we offer up to you the sacrifices of joy. Now, everybody, we bring sacrifice of praise into the house of the Lord. We bring sacrifice of praise to the house of the Lord. And we offer up to you the sacrifices of thanksgiving. And we offer up to you the sacrifices of joy. Okay,
3: the children come forward. like you just woke up, Benny. You did? Oh. Are you half asleep? No? Okay. You guys ready to sing this morning? Oh, my goodness. That didn't take long. Huh? Away from the post? Okay. Woo. All right. We're getting one more. Okay. Cast your burdens. Yeah. Already? Yeah.
0: All right. Yeah. Who do we cast our burdens on? <laughs> yeah. Do you know what the song's about? I know. Cast your burdens onto yeah. Jesus. Right. That's right. Okay. Good job. Let's sing. Cast your burdens. Onto Jesus, for He cares for you. Cast your burdens onto Jesus, for He cares for you. Higher, higher, lift up
1: Jesus, higher, higher. Higher, higher, lift up Jesus, higher, higher. Higher, higher, lift up Jesus, higher, higher. Higher, higher, lift up Jesus, higher, higher. Lower, 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 Satan, lower, lower. Lower, 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 Satan, lower, lower. Lower, 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 Satan, lower, lower.
0: Lower, 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 Satan, lower, lower. All right, hold it, hold it there. Y'all, um, everybody out there that's sitting is all just sitting there like bumps on a log. So what do you say we, we make them all stand up and uh, and join us, all right? And And who do you want to come up to the stage with you? Which John? <laughs> I was I was thinking like maybe Pat or Abe or somebody. What do you think?
6: <laughs>
0: <laughs> hmm. Hmm, who is it going to be? Pat? Pat? Should we go with Pat? Go with Pat this morning? Oh, Pat's still sitting down. That's definitely—he's for sure got to come up. Everybody else is standing. Pat's still sitting down. Should we have Pat come up? Yeah. We're gonna have to like enlist two bouncers.
3: Come on, Pat. You've been—you've been selected. Know how to get on the floor yeah
0: okay good I know you up next. well that's next sunday okay, make it good. <laughs> <laughs> okay you ready here we go all right let's all sing cast your burdens onto jesus for he cares for you cast your burdens onto jesus for he cares for you Higher, higher, lift up Jesus,
1: higher, higher. Higher, higher, lift up Jesus, higher, higher. Higher, higher, lift up Jesus, higher, higher. Higher, higher, lift up Jesus, higher, higher. Lower, 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 Satan, lower, lower. Lower, 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 Satan, lower, lower. Lower, lower. Lift up Jesus higher, higher Higher, higher Lift up Jesus higher, higher Higher,
3: higher Lift up Jesus higher, higher Thank you, Pat Uh, she's She's back to her post Okay All right Are you leaning? Oh, I know how oh, I go. Okay. Oh, do. Mm-hmm. See, maybe. Mm-hmm. No, that's too high. Hey. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. No, <laughs> okay, stand up. Stand up. Shh. Okay, Caden. Caden, you have to act like a real instrument player back here. You have to stand you have to stand here, you know here. Okay, right back here. There you go. You can't, you can't interact. Oh, I guess I interact with the crowd too, so never mind. All right, ready, Caden? Okay, what are we doing? Well, oh, we're singing. <laughs> you gonna hit the first note for us? Okay, strum it. Here we go. Whose side are you leaning on? Tell me whose side are you leaning on? I lean, I lean, I lean, I lean. I'm leaning on the Lord's side. I lean, I lean, I lean, I, lean, I lean, I'm leaning on the Lord's side. So what? What? Whose side are you leading on? Eileen? Who's Eileen? Well, maybe you'll have to have another kid, John, and name it Eileen.
6: Shhh.
3: Stand up, Benny. You guys are more determined to get on the floor than anything else I know. Go up one key. Uh, dB mm-hmm. tell me whose side are you falling on tell me
6: whose
3: side are you falling on i fall i fall i fall i fall i'm falling on the lord's side i fall i fall i fall i fall Falling On the Lord's side Tell me whose side Are you singing on? Tell me whose side Are you singing on? I sing, I sing, I sing, I sing I'm singing on the Lord's side I sing, I sing, I sing, I sing I'm singing on the Lord's side what did Steve, what did, you guys know your you guys just like to do all the crazy stuff. What did Steve sing about this morning? Of, of, we sing the sacrifice of praise. What's praise? How do you praise? You know? So when you're, when you're up here singing with joyful hearts to the Lord, singing about him and all that and you're praising him why do you ever like to get praised do your parents ever praise you Do they go oh good job lexi you did all the dishes so perfectly and put them all in the cupboard and washed them all so perfectly you never do dishes oh never again
6: again.
3: (laughs) john i hate to tell you but that knocked benny right out of the running Um, but you get, you get praise, right? You do something right, and your mom and dad goes, "Such a good job," right? That's praise. So we do the same thing to the Lord. We praise Him for all the wonderful things He has done, right? So that's what the sacrifice of praise. So can we do praise yet? Tell me. Tell me, whose side are you praising on? tell me whose side are you praising on? I praise, I praise, I praise, I praise, I'm praising on the Lord's side. I praise, I praise, I praise, I praise, I'm praising on the Lord's side. Okay, we're going to jump on the Lord's side. Tell me whose side are you jumping on? Tell me whose side are you jumping on? I jump, I jump, I jump, I jump, I'm jumping on the Lord's side. I jump, I jump, I jump, I jump, I jump, I'm jumping on the Lord's side. Uh-huh. So You know, what I'm thinking is maybe me as a parent through all the week while you guys or my kids go
6: crazy.
3: And they jump all over and do all this stuff. I got to think, oh, they're jumping on the Lord's side. Oh, thankfully. That's what, okay, Ben. <laughs> all right. Another song? The Who's the king of the jungle? I haven't done that one for a long. D, oh, I I think. Oh, mm-hmm. okay.
6: Who's
3: the king of the jungle? <laughs> Who's the king of the sea? Who's the king of the universe? And who's the king of me? I tell you, J-E-S-U-S, yes. He's the king of me. He's the king of the universe, the jungle and the sea. Who's the king of the jungle? Who's the king of the sea? Who's the king of the universe? And who's the king of me? I tell you, J-E-S-U-S. Yes, he's the king of me. He's the king of the universe, the jungle and the sea. Did I scare him off this morning? Oh, man. That was the last thing I wanted to do. Caden, Caden. Aiden, I need my guitar player. <laughs> I ain't got no rhythm. God's oh. oh, not dead. All right, and then we'll do uh, wrapped up, tied up. Yet, and then we'll then we'll read a story. Hey, we got we got drums this morning. We gotta do it as fast as we can on wrapped up, tied up. Ah. Oh. That's oh, not dead. God's not dead no He is alive God's not dead no He is alive God's not dead no He is alive I feel him in my hands Feel him in my feet Feel him in my heart thump thump Feel him in my soul Woo Feel him all over me So we do it double time Okay God's not dead, no. He is alive. God's not dead, no. No, he is alive. God's not dead, no. He is alive. I feel him in my hands, feel him in my feet, feel him in my heart, thump, thump, thump. Feel him in my soul, woo, woo. Feel him all over. I'm wrapped up, tied up, tangled up in Jesus, wrapped up, tied up, tangled up in Jesus, wrapped up, tied up, tangled up in Jesus, wrapped up, tied up, tangled up, wrapped up, tied up, tangled up, wrapped up, tied up, tangled up in God. I'm inside, outside, side to side in Jesus. I'm inside, outside, side to side in Jesus. I'm inside, outside, side to side in Jesus. I'm inside, outside, side to side. Inside, outside, side to side. Inside, outside, side to side in God. I'm upright. Downright, living right in Jesus. I'm upright, downright, living right in Jesus. I'm upright, downright, living right in Jesus. I'm upright, downright, living right, upright, downright, living right, upright, downright, living right in God. I'm wrapped up, tied up tangled up in Jesus. I'm inside. Outside. Side to side in Jesus. I'm upright, down right. Living right in Jesus. I'm wrapped up tied up tangled up. Inside outside side to side upright down right living right in God. I'm wrapped up tied up tangled up in Jesus. I'm inside outside side to side in Jesus. I'm upright, down right living right in Jesus. I'm wrapped up, tied up, tangled up, inside, outside, side to side, up, right, down, right, living right in God. Woo! Good job. All right. I got a story. You guys like stories? You want to sit over there? Well, you can, you guys all want to sit over there? You're going to make film, Katie move? Are y'all just gonna go sit out around them? Why don't you guys all go sit around Phil and Katie, and then we'll just then I then I'll read the story to Phil and Katie. Go, go sit on go sit on Phil and Katie. I like this idea a lot. Ugh. Cherry, nobody's going to (laughs) bite. Well, that looks like a fun bench. I think we'll just leave it that way for the rest of the service, too. Ah. (laughs) All right. Does anybody know who Amy Carmichael was? Does anybody know where she did missionary work? china nope another big country though we prayed for somebody there this morning india right that's the correct one okay doing fellowship india i'll probably get a lot of words wrong but that's all right amy carmarka was born on december 16 1867 in northern ireland the daughter of a respected mill owner when Amy was only 17 years old, she began having Sunday classes for the shawleys, the girls who worked in the mills and wore shawls. Do you know, anybody know what a shawl is? You kind of look at my wife right now, that's what she has on. It's kind of like a shawl. Okay. The girls who worked in the mills and wore shawls. These meetings grew so quickly that Amy decided they needed a building in which to hold them. Her faith and vision were catching on, and soon the mill girls were meeting in a new hall named The Welcome For Bible study, music practice, night school, sewing club, mother's meeting, and a monthly gospel meeting open to everyone. So these girls worked a long day. They probably worked like a 10 or 14 hour day, somewhere in between there. And yet they still took all this time for Bible studies, music practice, night school, sewing. They were busy little girls. All right. In 1892, when she was 24 years old, Amy heard God's call for her to take the good news to people in foreign countries. Recommended by leaders of Keswick Convention, she was accepted by the Church of England Zeno Missionary Society and sent to India in October 1895. Little did anyone know she would never return home again. Amy threw herself into studying Tamil, the language of southern India, and in time gathered together a group of Christian Indian women who called themselves the Starry Cluster. These women went from village to village preaching the gospel. As they traveled, Amy Carmichael became aware of the temple children, young girls who were married to the gods in the Hindu temples, a practice that included prostitution. To provide a home for these girls, Amy established Donover Fellowship. Soon Amy Carmichael became ama or called mother, to dozens of little girls. Later, the ministry expanded to include little boys. In October 1931, at the age of 64, Amy fell into a pit, breaking her leg. She never fully recovered and spent the next 20 years confined to her room. She wrote 13 books after her accident, in addition to updating her earlier books. These books captured many stories of the lives of boys and girls, men and women, who came to know God through the work of Donover Fellowship. Amy Carmichael died on January 18, 1951, but her spirit lives on in the work of Donovan Fellowship, still going strong in South India today. When Amy Carmichael first came to India as a missionary, she decided to wear the Indian sari and fit into the Indian culture as best as she could. Although she didn't wear jewelry, Amy thought the gold and silver necklaces, bangles, rings, anklets, and earrings the Indian woman wore were very pretty. Even members of the Starry Cluster, the group of Christian Indian women who went from who went with Amy from village to village sharing the good news about Jesus, were decked out head to toe in jewels. But Amy soon learned that in India, a woman's jewels were a source of pride. They showed her ri- how rich her family was, how important her husband was, or what caste or social group she belonged to. Amy was worried. It did not seem good for Christians to care about these things. Still, she hesitated to say anything. She did not like how some missionaries made the Indian Christians adopt English-looking clothes and ways of doing things. Lord, she prayed, if you want the women to give up their jewels but have the women themselves ask whether they should, have the women themselves ask whether they should, not me. One day, Panamal, a member of the Starry Cluster, heard a child say, when I grow up, I want to join the Starry Cluster so I can wear jewels like Panamal does. This bothered the sincere Indian woman. That was not a good reason to join the cluster. Panamal prayed and asked God what she should do. She knew that an Indian woman with no jewels would be laughed at, but then God seemed to say to her, you will be a crown of glory in the hand of the Lord. Panamal realized that she was like a jewel to God, even if she wore no jewelry at all. Panamal took off all her jewels. One by one, the other women in the starry cluster who took off their jewels One by one, the other women in the Starry Cluster also took off their jewels. Sure enough, many people laughed at them. These Christians were very strange. But some women and girls noticed how these Christians loved and served one another, just like they were sisters, regardless of wealth or caste. Many more came to join the group and later to be workers of the Donovar Fellowship. How could people tell they were part of this special group? None of the women wore any jewels, but many took new names like Jewel of Victory or Jewel of Praise. Many years later, a watchman for a robber band told, told Amy, if those hundreds of girls wore jewels according to Indian custom, not all the money in the world could hire a watchman to guard them. With a thankful heart, Amy realized that God had used the women's sacrifice of giving up their jewels to protect them from harm and danger. Romans 12.1 says, So brothers and sisters, since God has shown us great mercy, I beg of you to offer your lives as a living sacrifice to him. Your offering must be only for God and pleasing to him, which is the spiritual way for you to worship. I remember way back when I was probably... What? Probably six, five or six years old. I went to a little boy's funeral with my mom and dad and this little boy had uh been like he was born he was born with some i forget exactly what it was but something in his lungs or whatever and he always had to have a an alarm on him i remember them sharing this at the at the funeral he had to have an alarm because if he stopped breathing his parents had to run in and quickly pump oxygen into him or something because if he would stop breathing but the little boy he could never speak Kind of like christian he could never speak he could never talk he could never really move around or anything well no he could now take that back he could sit up he was playing with his toys but he could never talk to his parents but he was pretty smart he learned that if he held his breath all the alarms would go off and his parents would come running pretty smart little kid so he would do this and he his parents were quite annoyed but at the same time they loved that they could communicate with him that way because he would just yeah. Hey, there they come. See, it works every time. So, but I remember we were singing a song. Uh, I'm a diamond. I'm a diamond. I'm a diamond in the rough and at his funeral. And that is the true jewel that we can be for Christ. It's not what we have on the outside. It's who God makes us on the inside. Right now, we're just old lumps of coal heard an old country song a couple days ago. It said, I'm just an old lump of coal, but God's going to make me into a diamond someday. I thought there was probably more message in that old country song than half the new Christian music we hear today. But that's what we can be. God will create us into something that is beautiful for him if we let him. All right, you guys go back to your parents.
5: With me to 1 Corinthians chapter 12, I'm excited this morning to speak this word and look at this together. I've been trying to do this for the last three or four Sundays. The Lord has just been redirecting me with other emphasis, and I think I know why. Um, For me, it has been very good to reset the affections of my heart. And I hope that that's what I encouraged each one of you to do as well. I hope that's what you did. Because we live in such a world that is like a circus. It's like going to a circus. We live in a circus, whether you know it or not. The world has lots of lights and moving parts and moving people, all kinds of fascinations all around us. And it distracts us. And more than that, it puts pressure on our soul, demands of our time upon us, expectations of thoughts, places we got to be, things we need to do to please others, to please ourselves, to make money. And sometimes... That can wear us down. It can distract that fervent, devoted love to Jesus Christ and make us busy with a lot of other things like it did Martha. Remember the story of Martha? In Mark chapter 9, you can read this story where Martha was busy... With good things. Lots of good things. Like Jesus being at her house. Um, I think it's in. Mark chapter 8. Maybe it's not in Mark chapter 9. But you can. I won't turn to the story. But you can Google it. Jesus came to her house. And Martha. Martha had an expectation on her heart to serve these 13 men. 12 men plus Jesus. And maybe even more that came with him. And she got about her busyness. But in her busyness, she missed the one important thing Jesus said. The one thing that is most needful, one translation puts it. What was that? Someone tell me. What did she miss? Yeah. Listening to Jesus' words. Mary, her sister, chose that one good part, sitting at the feet of Jesus and listening to him. Now, it's interesting how Jesus reproved her. He did not reprove her for her busyness. What he told her is, you just missed something, Martha. And that is the part Mary chose, listening to my words. And so that's the part the Lord has re-emphasized in my heart. Phil, in your busyness, in the kitchen of life, listen to my voice. It'll bring you peace. And that's what Martha missed. She got agitated with her sister, frustrated, and bothered about many things. Jesus said, Martha, Martha, you are bothered about many things. And this is true with you and I, right? When we miss the one needful part in our lives, that relationship with Jesus Christ, then life begins to bother us. People bother us. They get under our skin, we say. But pressures and people's expectations and even ourselves, we bother ourselves with a lot of things. So that emphasis was a good re-emphasizing in my own life. And I found the Lord leading me there and reconnecting in a stronger way with me As my bridegroom. So today, I would like to look at 1 Corinthians chapter 12 and look at three things that build up and edify the body. Three things, beginning in verse 4. Now, there are varieties of gifts, but the same Spirit. There are varieties of ministries, and the same Lord. And there are varieties of effects, but the same God who works all things in all persons. Did you get that word? Variety. Variety is a good thing in the church. Do you believe that? So just take a moment. And maybe you guys who have cell phones, you could turn them on and click the camera to where you see yourself take a selfie and then when you look at yourself take a moment to look around and look at the variety of faces around you sometimes it's good to do that to see how differently we all look from each other and in looking at the variety of god's creation around you you can it brings an appreciation or that variety. Now here's what can happen. It's subtle, but it's true. That when you look at yourself, and then you look at the variety, you begin to get self-conceited thinking, I'm the best looking guy in the bunch. Amen. That's not what we're after. That's what we're warned against. And yet, this is exactly what happens to us over and over again in the church, right? The Lord gives you a gift of ministry and you look around and you don't see the same unique gift exercised in the same way and having the same effect in the church and you begin to think, oh, wow, I'm somebody special. Well, you are somebody special. But it's not for you that you have been created special and been given this special gift. It is for Him and to bless others. And when we get that emphasis wrong, we begin to bring all of that attention that is meant to be a blessing and we just simply hoard it up. To ourselves and we become self-conceited and in that way we essentially become no goods to nobody. The very reason we've been given the variety of the gift is an all in our life. That reason is just taken away. The church's strength is in her relationship with Jesus Christ as we talked about before. That's the strength of who we are that will endure and take us to eternity, that relationship of being his bride. Her effectiveness and her beauty is in her diversity. Look at God's creation all around you, and especially in the springtime. But also, I come from back east where... In the fall, the trees would come up with all kinds of different colors, beautiful colors in the New England states. And even around here in Colorado, you have the yellow aspens contrasted with the evergreens or the pine trees. And and you see this, the contrast brings beauty. And we go, wow, that's beautiful. Today, or now in our season, we can look up in the mountains and we see the snow against the the evergreen trees, and it looks just incredibly beautiful, right? Contrast is beauty. Diversity is beautiful in the church of Jesus Christ. And it's effective. It's effective. If everyone had the same gift and everyone used it in the same way, and the outcome, the effect, would be the same, We would be one boring, dull bunch and very ineffective on the earth. Her identity and her unity is in her love for him and for us with each other. Lately in the last year, we heard a lot. It said a lot about our nation. United we stand, divided we fall. But this is not necessarily true in the church. It depends what unity you're looking for, whether you'll fall or stand. Our unity is not in our sameness. Our unity is in our love for Christ, and it comes from our obedience to Him. That oneness with Christ produces an appreciation For each other and a respect for the diversity that God has created in his church. Going back to verse 4. There are varieties of gifts, but the same spirit. I'm going to do a little Greek study with you today because I find it helpful. Many times I'm not a super Greek student. I haven't learned to read Greek. But I do study the Greek meanings of certain words Numerous times, I don't often share it across the pulpit because I find it becomes it can be burdensome and bore you. But today I'm going to do it with four words, because for me it was like opening up a flower. You know when a, when a when a flower is closed and it begins to open up. Many times you see the beauty of the flower in its different colors that are hidden when it's closed and then it begins to open up and i hope that that's what it'll do to you today to open up god's truth and give a richer meaning to you causing you and i to become more effective in god's purpose for us for you on the earth god has a purpose for you and he wants that purpose To affect others. To be effective in His kingdom. The first word I want to look at is this word gifts. There are varieties of gifts. So we looked at very clearly that anything we are and everything we have comes from Him. He has given to us gifts. It's much like a couple having children. Each child is uniquely different from the other, and every child is a gift of life. And as a parent, you want that child when it's born, you want that baby to to grow and to develop and to begin to show its personality, and, and it's beautiful to you as a child, right? So those of you who have seen your children grow up like that, and you see the diversity of gifts and the diversity of, of looks and personalities and tastes. It just gives you so much joy. As a parent, that's what you love about, one of the things you love about having children. God is the same. As a parent, each child who's born of the Spirit is created uniquely in, to be a blessing in his family and to have a different personality, a different strength and weakness than anyone else in the family. And each one of those make God's heart smile. The father looks on it with so much joy as he watches each of his children be born into his kingdom and begin to grow up and develop in his family and as a child from a baby begins to develop you begin those that unique creation begins to become useful in the house it becomes very useful in the home i remember when we adopted lucas and michael a few years ago someone told me this now, don't just make those boys little lap boys. And I said, what do you mean by that? He said, well, you know, I've known you for a long time, Phil. And, you know, you're one of these guys that's kind of like a soldier. You, you're, you can be very disciplined and all of these things. Don't just make them like you. Let them be who they are. And they will bring a beauty to your home of personality, of strength, of weakness. And I said, Amen. Ah, that's true. What we do, though, is we all come to the Word of God. And we find the truth, the same truth, but it's applied to our life based upon our need of it, the strength or the weakness that we need from it. And so I just want to encourage you, dear brother, sister, let God's unique creation in you grow, develop in yourself. And as you see God do that in you, and you look around, don't let it bother you that a Mary sits at Jesus' feet and you're in the kitchen. Don't let the diversity in God's family hinder or quench the Holy Spirit's treasure in you. His unique creation in you. Just like God creates human bodies uniquely so in the spirit each child who is born again is created uniquely and differently from each other and here is where in the church we can go wrong we can begin to look and look for and expect from each other that whatever god does in me spiritually With the same effect and the same kind of purpose he will do for you. And it will look just like he's doing it in me. And then we become disturbed with each other and bothered just like Martha did. And the church becomes filled with Martha's. Everybody's bothered with everybody else. Because you're not serving Christ the way I'm serving him. This Greek word in the word gifts is simply the word that we use, in short, as a tip. It's gratuity, is the English word. We say, when we go to a restaurant and someone serves us, we tip them. We bless them with extra, more than what the price is, because they blessed us. Consider yourself God's tip to others. God's gratuity. Whatever you have from Christ, is the Lord blessing you with a tip? It's also the word where we get charisma from. That's the Greek word charisma. Is It is when we think of someone charisma, we think of someone expressing themselves, right? We think of that which in how you express it. And so I love how in the Greek it puts these two together. A tip and charisma. A charismatic tip. That's who you're supposed to be. The tip that God gives you, the grace, that the gift that the Lord Jesus gives you, He He's given to you to express to others. The next word I like to look at is we see there are varieties of these. Alright? It's not one and the same. It all comes from the same source, but with a variety. Varieties of ministries. And that Greek word is the word deconia. Where we get the Greek, where we get the English word in our Bible from in 1 Timothy 3 and in Titus 2 and in Philippians 1, deacon. That word we don't use in our standard English language anymore. We don't go out and say, hey, he's a deacon. Here, let me deaconize you or let me deacon you. No, no, we don't use that word. We use it as a word as an office in the church. It simply means the word serve. Just serve. Here, let me help you, we say. It's the word help. Let me support you. Let me bless you. There are varieties of ways of serving. So you can get the same gift, but not only is there a variety of gifts, but if you find yourself having this like gift with someone else, there are actually different ways in which that gift can be served. And that's important in the church. Because if I see I have a gift and you have the same gift, it's very easy for us to put an expectation of, how to serve that gift. And if it's served in a different way, we can easily get bothered and judge one another. Well, that one's good. That one's not good. This is the right way to serve. This is not the right way to serve. I want to focus in on the varieties and the richness of God's variety in our lives, together, in the world, in the church. This is What can set you free? Not as the world says, to be yourself. No. But it will set you free to be who you have been created in Christ to be in his family. And the third one I want to look at is verse 6. And there are varieties of effects. But the same God who works all things in all persons. And this one is one that has tripped me up so often because when I see a gift in someone and I see it ministered and then I, I experience another gift in from someone else and I see that ministered, if it doesn't have the same effect on me, I judge it. I tend to think that one's spiritual, that one's kind of carnal. Well, there's a reason it's not ministering the same. I don't know if you've ever done this, but I've done this many times in spiritual activity such as prayer or song or preaching or counseling. Those ministries that we do serve one another with, if it doesn't affect you the same way, for instance, you may go and be at a prayer meeting somewhere. And at that prayer meeting, there is something special that happens to you. It's like the Lord Jesus comes in a very personal way and He does a really rich... I don't know how it all looks to you, but you just experience His presence in a very real, meaningful way. And you know, and you're touched by God and He and He transforms you and He changes you and you go out filled with joy and you say, God was in that prayer meeting. And the very next night, the same people can gather for prayer. You can be there with them. And it's just dry for you. It doesn't do anything for you. Emotionally, you don't even know, you don't hear God, you're there, you walk out. It didn't have the same effect. That ever bother you? How about preaching? Sometimes you sit under a sermon and it just grips your heart and conviction floods your soul and and you repent in your heart and you draw near to God and, and there's this powerful experience that you have with God, this kind of life transforming, like you've been in a cocoon of this certain area and it's just like you open up and you become a butterfly. And you fly away in your spirit, in this truth. And the next time, you sit there, and you listen to maybe the same sermon, but it just doesn't do anything for you. It doesn't have the same effect. And you judge it. And you decide what to do with this. Right? Do you? I do. Maybe it's a song service. We were talking about it as a ministry team. And the Lord actually really convicted me about this. And I called Anthony and I told him, I said, Anthony, I don't want you to take this personal, what... It, I, in fact, I, I I felt like I needed to tell him I'm sorry for how he expressed it. But I don't know about you, but the last time we did the hymn singing, it was a real downer for me. It was supposed to be Resurrection Sunday, and I was like ready to really rock and roll, right? And hymn songs and let it just all out. And Anthony got up here and chose some songs I didn't even know. And it was just like, hum, hum, hum. that's a great song service just a downer how about you not the same effect but there's you know the last time i reflected on the last time we had him singing and wow i mean some of those songs it just seemed to stir our hearts and we sang with all our top of our lungs you know as we say and just left it all out and it It wanted to raise my spirit up out of my chair and I wanted to shout, hallelujah! Different effects. What do you do with that? Do you say one's from God, one's from man, one's not for me? You discount the one but treasure the other? This is subtle, but it's dangerous. Because when we do that, dear brother, sister, we are discounting God and his gifts. Because we, we want the same effect always in my life. And this is exactly why hundreds and thousands of Christian couples are divorcing today. They want the same effect. No matter what season they are in life, they want the same cuddly experience in the butterflies of the soul with their relationship, their soulmate, their spouse. And when it's not there, the same effect isn't there, and they have a date night and it's a dud. It's just a downer, right? They didn't even like the food. Music was off in the restaurant or whatever. Yeah. Just didn't do it for me. They start thinking, maybe she's not the one. Or they might start thinking, something's wrong with me. Something's wrong with our marriage. And that's what we do with Jesus. We look for the same effects and we don't understand and consider that the same God gives different effects. But it's the same source of life. And when you and I grow in this knowledge, we'll experience God in all His diversity, varieties in our life. But we'll treasure it from the same source. And we'll begin to appreciate the things that affect us differently instead of discounting them and selling them as a yard sale. Christians have a lot of yard sales, by the way. Things that used to be nice and they paid a lot of money for. Things they used to treasure. And then they become useless in their garage. And so they sell them for pennies on the dollar. And it's very easy for us to take the treasures of Jesus Christ and the varieties of His richness, of His grace, and use it for a while, and when it doesn't have the same effect, we just get rid of it. And the devil does this on purpose because this is how he can rob God's people blind of the varieties, of the riches, of His grace. And he makes much of it useless to them because they don't treasure the variety. And they discount it when it's different than it was before. And eventually, they divorce Jesus himself. Eventually, if you do this, and you don't see the beauty of this, and receive it from him in all its variety, and draw out the goodness of it, come to the Lord and receive that variety from him, You'll divorce him. No doubt. Verse 7. But to each one is given the manifestation of the Spirit for the common good. And that word, I want to just look at, it's Greek word, panorosos, or we use the English word, exhibition. All of these gifts have not been given for you, to you, to put in your closet and hide. They haven't been given to you to make you feel good about yourself. They haven't been given to you for you to become wealthy or receive men's appreciation and praise. And I think of wealthy as that to receive from men even money. In the church, that's a big deal. You'd be amazed at how many men get rich. Financially rich because of the gift. The free gift God has given them makes them wealthy. And they milk it. They live it. Not at all God's intent. It's all given for the common good. Or to one is given the word of wisdom through the spirit. Now as we go through the next couple verses, I want you to look at with me. This another, this word is very important because for me, I have realized that so many times in my flesh, I want to take all of this and if I don't have, if I have wisdom, but no knowledge of that wisdom, I feel intimidated to exhibit the wisdom without any knowledge and I begin to second guess myself. And I begin to want to, it just makes me want to go back, you know, and kind of keep that wisdom hidden because there's not much knowledge about it. Unless someone proves me, you know, is smarter than me and proves me wrong in some way or expands the knowledge and somehow it's like makes me look like a fool after all. But I want to show the beauty of it. And I want to change something up in how we do preaching, how I share the word with you. Now, Some of you have already went there with me. I, I want to build on this. As I share the word with you, if the Holy Spirit gives you a word of knowledge, when I share a word of wisdom, I want you to feel free at any time to raise your hand and get my attention. And I'll stop. And I'll say, yeah, Abe, what is it? And you can share that knowledge that you may have on this truth that I'm sharing and it variety. It unfolds the truth in a greater way and blesses the church and strengthens God's people because it fits. It becomes a word fitly spoken. So I want you guys to have that freedom anytime I'm sharing the word with you. I'll give you the illustration. Last Sunday when I was sharing about the faith that David had against Goliath, right? And uh, the, the faith of Joshua going into the land of Canaan and, the, and how the other spies, the ten, were intimidated. Afterwards, Brother Crit shared something with me. He said, did you know, Phil? And I, I, we, I talked just for a moment at how tall Goliath must have been compared to David and, and the children of Israel. He said, did you know that in some studies... They say that the 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 what they say that it was a span, it was actually longer, more like twenty inches rather than what we say now is sixteen inches. So if you take that study, it's like Goliath was as tall as a normal guy would come about here to his thigh. A normal six foot guy like me, I'd come to his thigh. And it's like, hey, come on up here, Blake, would you mind? Would you come up here, please? Let's going to come up here, because I think he comes close to... Maybe you're a little too tall, but I think you're close. Ah, oh, you're too tall. Someone else. Where is... Is Caden around? No, how about Jaden? Huh? Benny. You come, Benny. Would you come up to Uncle Phil, please? Yeah, I think you're about just the right size. Here. Come up here. There you go. Perfect size. I'm Goliath. He's David. For real, that's how much taller he said he was. Now can you imagine, here's Benny coming against me with a sling and a stone, and I'm, I don't know how old Goliath was, but maybe close to my age, he was a seasoned veteran warrior. Sword, spear, shield, and Benny's coming up. Benny, do you think you can wrestle me down, buddy? Huh? You think you can? Try it. Come on. Come on. Come on. Let's see how well that went. Thanks, you can go back. Oh, does that kind of bring a new light to you when you're a Benny and you face a Goliath and that's what David faced? And that's what they seen when they went into these 10 spies, said, we appeared like grasshoppers for real? These guys could just walk through normal six-foot men and mow them down like with their swords, like (laughs) off with their heads. There they go. No wonder most of the Israelites ran. They literally ran from the front lines when Goliath came out. These grown men ran back. Well, now that knowledge kind of put it in a better perspective for me. And it helped me understand that when I face a Goliath, it's like with that difference. For to one is given a word of wisdom through the Spirit, and to another, a word of knowledge. To another... Not the same guy. To another. And to another is given to another faith by the same Spirit. The one who has the knowledge may not have the faith to actually take that knowledge and do it. Yeah. You might have a gift of knowledge, but the other one has the gift of faith. And he comes alongside of you, and you need him to tell you, You can do it, man. I know you know how to do it. I don't know how to do it. But together with your knowledge and my faith, we'll get there. You see how the another is important in your life and mine? There's a reason the Holy Spirit didn't say all of these are in one person. No. These are all in different people. These different strengths and gifts. And to another... Gifts of healing by one's spirit. That Greek word healing, by the way, is simply cure. That's the English word we get from it. Someone has the gift of cures. They come up with them. And it can also be a miraculous way of anointing of hands, laying on of hands and anointing where people are healed. But just because one brother has that gift and you don't, are we all doctors in this land? No, we're okay with that. But somehow in the church, if you have the gift of, let's say, faith, or you may have the gift of knowledge but not of wisdom, you don't know how to put all that knowledge into making it practically useful, and you need someone else to help you make it useful in your life, or maybe you just don't even have the faith for it. You love to study, but you, you are not a teacher. And so, guess what? The teacher needs your study. And the one who studies can come and support and share his material with the one who has the gift of teaching. Or likewise, with the one who has a gift of healing. To another, the effecting of miracles. That word miracles, by the way, is the Greek word dunamis, where we get the word dynamite from dynamite power miracles someone who is emphatically you know powerful in the truth that he is gripping his heart he exercises it out with with just power that you don't have that's why you need them to another prophecy to another distinguishing of spirits that word prophecy You can find the definition in 1 Corinthians 14, just the next two chapters later, where he says if one speaks a prophecy, he speaks a word of edification, one of consolation, one of comfort. He has a gift of taking that word of knowledge and just blessing others with it. Have you ever seen anybody like that? Where you can have a brother or a sister with a lot of knowledge they don't have the gift of sharing it in such a way that it builds other people up. It comforts them and encourages them. So, the two need each other. To another, the distinguishing of spirits. You may sit here and you may discern him. Yes, you may discern something about this brother as he's sharing or something about a prayer meeting or something. You may, I love this brother, of discernment in particular, I think someone in the church who has a gift of discernment, they can be here, and the Lord just gives them like they have antennas up, and they catch airwaves that are not spoken, maybe not even expressed, certainly not expressed, but maybe not even shown on their face much, they just discern, this person's heavy, that person's going through something, they need comfort, they need encouragement. And so the one who has discernment, they may not be the one to actually comfort, but they, they'll they do this. They sense their need of the prophecy gift. So they discern. Jenny's going through something. Hey, honey, I sense Jenny might be going through something. Maybe you could encourage her. They go to the one of prophecy and say, maybe you can encourage them. You see how it's all to another, to another, to another. It's not the same one. And this is the beauty of the diversity of the spirit in the church. To another, various kinds of tongues or languages. I met a brother once who spoke seven languages fluently. Or in the church, Paul clearly says in the next chapter 14, that There is the gift of praying in tongues or speaking in tongues. But it must be done to the edification of the church if it's done publicly. But he says, do not forbid to speak in tongues. It should be done in the church. It's an edifying gift. It's meant to bring edification to people. And yet not all of God's people pray in tongues. But in the church, what we find is in some churches, they've taken this gift and said, unless you speak or pray in tongues, we don't even know if you're born again. They make it an area of judgment rather than an area of a blessing, and a gift. I'll share an experience I had when we were in Australia. A little church in Melbourne. We were sitting there that evening, and I was supposed to get up and share the word, and before that we had a season of prayer. The brother stood up and he said, Let's just whoever prays, you can just I'm just gonna open it up. It was pretty low-key. No big deal. We were just kind of sitting there. And maybe you had already left Carrie and, and Jason. I'm not sure how many of you guys were still there that night. But I sat there, and there was this older couple behind me. And it was quiet for a little bit. All of a sudden, this older lady begins to pray and Unknown tongue. I didn't understand a word she said. Not, they were originally from Italy, so I don't. She, they spoke Italian. Maybe she was praying in Italian. I don't know. I tend to think it was maybe a heavenly language. Either way, the rest of us spoke English. I don't think anyone else understood it. And it was just a short, maybe like a five-minute prayer. And everything got quiet. I thought to myself, hmm, I "Wonder if there's going to be a translator." And about a moment later, her husband began to translate what she said. And that translation spoke so strongly into my heart. He opened up the scriptures, and there were about four or five verses that he began to pray, and he said, this is what my wife was praying. And he prayed it, and he openly translated it, and it was like a word so fitly spoken into my heart. I don't know how it affected the others, I started weeping. It absolutely ministered to me in such a deep, powerful way. I didn't expect it, but the Lord just spoke it like it was a direct word from Him into my heart. It was an edifying experience I'll never forget. And all the truth that she prayed was a word for me. And I don't know if I can ever share that word with anyone. I don't think I've even shared this with Katie. It was a treasure I hold in my heart. But that is a word of tongues, the gift of tongues. We should be open to that in the church. We should open ourselves up to that. Not of strange tongues and not in in a disorderly way where there's no edification. Paul said clearly in chapter 14, he that prays in tongues edifies himself. And there are many times I prayed in tongues alone in the closet and it only was me and God I don't know what I was praying, but I'll tell you this. I prayed in such a way that it edified me. It was a heavenly moment. It was like the Lord Jesus kissing me. That kind of a heavenly moment. And you may have that. You may not. You may never experience that. It's okay. It's the variety of the gifts of the Holy Spirit. And He gives them as He wills when it's needful. And to another, the interpretation of tongues. But look at this. But one and the same Spirit works all these things, distributing to each one individually as He wills. Not as you will, not as I want, as He wills. There's a central command. It's called the Lord Jesus Christ. It's His will being done on the earth through the variety of the gifts in the church, the created ones, the supernatural ones, the special ones, and those that we tend to discount. But when you and I, going back to last Sunday's sermon, live in this truth, Romans chapter 11, for from him and through him and to him are all things. To him be the glory forever both now and forever. You and I, as we sang that song, the sacrifice of praise, our whole life becomes a sacrifice of praise to God continually. Hebrews 13. Let this be our life in our relationship to each other, in the expression of the variety of gifts, the manifestation of that in the church. But you see, When you live in this reality, then and then only can you obey the word in Romans 15. Accept one another, even as Christ has accepted you. And that acceptance, that receiving from each other in the church is very important. Because that's the way it was designed to be in the church. And when... It becomes a selfish experience, a self-centered, self gratifying experience in the church. That's when the devil comes in and sows seeds of discord and divorce. And we begin to own our own gifts and try to make everyone else like us and not accept any or very little diversity in the church anymore. And that's when the church loses her beauty, the beauty of her love, and becomes, just like all the other religions in the world, the Muslim faith, the Hindu faith, the other prominent faiths in the world that are strong in the world, have this one thing in common. Everyone acts and does exactly the same. That's their commonality. And they love each other. If they agree, they love each other in their sameness. The church, the beauty of the Christian is that she loves and appreciates others that are different. Her love is in her diversity, not in her sameness. And that makes the church, the bride of Christ, uniquely outshine. She shines like the light of the world as Jesus said she should because she loves in diversity. The rest of the world can only love in sameness.